Welcome to EdTech Tuesdays. This episode is a fireside chat with perspectives on curiosity, digital transformation, and what the future could look like. I'm Eva Hutmacher, co-founder and CEO of Snubfooting. Meet Lisa Hartikainen, who is experienced in branding and excited about leadership. Meet Stefan van Hoydonk, who researches the topic of workplace curiosity in companies. And Tony McCarrick, he is a strategic advisor on AI, IoT, open data and blockchain. Välkommen till EdTech Tuesdays. En intervjupodd om innovation, lärandekultur och teknologier för lärande. Vi samtalar med svenska och internationella innovatörer, investerare, thinkers och doers som utmanar status quo. Podden produceras av Snabbfoting, en ledare inom kontinuerligt lärande och digitala plattformar. Let's all enjoy the moment, that's my, uh, my, my message. We start. What does the future look like? Tony, are you ready to start with this extremely interesting question? And such an easy question, uh, but it's it's great to be here. Thanks, uh, Eva, and I'm looking forward to the chat with you, Stefan, and Lisa, and Eva, of course. Um, and the question was, what does the future look like? Uh, I think we have to remember that the future is ours. Uh, that it's we're creating the future now. We're doing it in this conversation. Uh, we have to help each other. Uh, it's a global future. And it's uh, we live in exciting times where where I think curiosity and create and, and our ability to be creative are really important questions to to answer this type of thing. What what what, what do we want society to look like? Uh, big question. And Lisa, uh, what do you have on your mind? Well, I have a lot of things on my mind, of course, when, when looking forward to what we what we will live in. Uh, we have a society that has been changed uh, in a very rapid uh, sense the last the last couple of years, the last 10 years and 50 years and 100 years. Uh, but one thing that I got into my mind when I when I read the, the question that you sent beforehand um, is uh, the transparency that I think that we are moving into a more transparent world transparent future where the digital era and the digitalization uh, require all of us uh, to and, and certainly uh, companies and organizations to be more transparent and that means a lot of different things that means that we cannot we cannot hide anything in our wardrobe anymore uh, they, it means that we will we will probably become more uh, individual centric uh, customer centric employee centric uh, citizen centric and uh, and so on but that's that's one part one thing that i see in the future mm. thank you lisa and stefan what do you say what does the future look like it's a beautiful question. When I was listening to my two colleagues, it's, um, I, I probably thought of two things. First of all, we have no freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Touché. And that has, has nothing to do with what you said. Um, but but I, was, I was thinking about some research. When people are looking at the future, they're often trying to fit their current paradigms, their current models, their current way of looking at the future, uh, at the present, into some future reality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when we're looking at kind of uh, futuristic movies in the 1940s, that people were uh, not having a mobile phone uh, or, you know, or people were because people were still looking with their, within their own paradigm. That's one thing. And another thing I think is that it's probably going to be pretty fragile. Um, often I'm thinking about the, let's use the metaphor of Star Trek, where where people are on board of this giant, gigantic um, machine and they're using technology as um, as a subordinate, as something that that, that is guiding your humanity and humanity is still over 
uh, Lord of the Universe. But what I'm, I looked at a, a video last week of the Surgeon General of the United States, and he was talking about a loneliness epidemic. Mm. Um, and um, so we're a bit shaky. We're not like Star Trek type of people that are kind of on top of the world and, and discovering the universe, uh, at least. And so it's a bit shaky, it's a bit fragile. While at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of uh, very positive things where people like many people are accepting vulnerability, many people are accepting authenticity or uh, intuition as a new dimension, consciousness. Um, and I think these are these are nice extreme, but still tell me that it's still a fragile future that we have no clue about. Mm. Thank you, Stefan. Wonderful to hear this uh, uh, story. Um, what can we learn from the history? It's difficult to change. I think we can agree on that. Uh, but what can we learn from the history? I think we can learn a lot of, of the history, of course, but as just as Stefan says, we have no clue about what, what tomorrow brings. So the most important things or thing that we can learn from, from today and from, from, from the history from yesterday is that um, being able to create, create the ability and the skill to learn new things to be open to new things uh, i mean the history has been it's been a lot of, of crazy things a lot of revolution and happening throughout thousands of years uh, but i mean it's we cannot really look back to know what's what's more to come but what we can do is that we, we know for sure that we we do not really know what to come because we we cannot we can write the future just as stefan mentioned so i think being open and being uh, able to uh, create environments for for learning and for curiosity is is one key to um somehow learn from from history mm -hmm. tony uh, <coughs> i think uh it's, it's really important that sometimes to understand the present that you have to look uh, backwards. And I think today when uh, a lot of people are afraid, really, they don't know what's happening, they don't know why it's happening, they don't know what the future is going to look like, that we forget the past. Uh, but we have to remember that we have been through change before. It's not the first time. And we've uh, some of the changes we've managed uh, as, as humanity pretty good uh, and some less. But we've done it before. I think that's important uh, not to forget. But I think also today when, when there's a lot of talk of artificial intelligence is going to take all our jobs, uh, we could ask the questions, well, why do we work 40 hours a week? Uh, mm. If we look at our history books, you would see that in Sweden, I think that it came through just in the 1970s, which is yesterday. Mm. No, you know, we can make new rules. Uh, um, I think we should ask the questions maybe um, what makes us happy? Uh, what's uh, what's a fulfilling life? Uh, what's important? What's not important? <coughs> and uh, so, looking back helps us understand now and helps us uh, look forward. But I, I'd like to say, as Stefan said, I think it is really a big challenge to understand what the future could look like. I, I heard a story just at the weekend that. It's very hard to realize that a caterpillar can turn into a butterfly. And uh, we, when we try to look to the future, we just try probably, s most of us, I think, think in a straight line, but <laughs> it's not a straight line. And mm. uh, so how do we think about that? I think, is a, I think is a big question. How do we think? How do we think together? Yeah, something like that. When I take a look uh, uh, and think about the future, how it could look like, if we go back uh, again to that questions, um, I think it's easy to, to think about today or yesterday, um, but if we have a look on the opportunities, the upside of everything that happens now uh, with, for example, AI, we can cure 
different kinds of diseases, cancer, or it's so many perspectives of things that happens now. Uh, and it's difficult to jump and understand, okay, what can we do in the future? It's, uh, we have the time perspective, but also that we lock ourselves in mm. our thoughts. Uh, so I think we just need to start, uh, think, work together and be more open-minded and curious. So it's uh, fantastic to have you, Stefan, here in the podcast as well today uh, that have your background with uh, curiosity. A researcher in curiosity, a book author of the Global Curiosity Institute, uh, so I'm curious to hear, what do you think, what's missing today more to bring the future, <laughs> to, clam, tam, to come closer to us? Uh, I, <coughs> well, I, there's probably a lot of things uh, missing. I think one of the things missing is, is just that Stefan said that we don't know that we have to be more humble about that. I think the days of, oh, I'm an expert in this, that and the other it doesn't really matter how much you know about artificial intelligence. Whatever you know, you still know too little. Uh, we don't know what the future is coming. I think uh, that's one of the things, which is, which is a, a big change for a lot of people. It's a, it's a, w a different way of relating to learning. Uh, it's a different way of relating to learning organizations. And uh, I think, as Lisa, as you usually say, uh, just that at learning that's that, that that's the key and uh, how do we facilitate learning and uh, and uh, and a key in that part uh, of course uh, is curiosity what's coming around the corner and that means that you have to understand that you don't know everything which is a great place to be i think <laughs> stephen um, on if you follow up on this uh, you have worked a lot of uh, with you have worked a lot with learning in large organizations. Uh, what is your take on here? A lot of things are going to my mind. It's a, it's a beautiful discussion. The, when in the 20th century, last century, we didn't need to learn so much because actually mm. it didn't, the world didn't change so much around mm. us. And um, now when everything is changing around us and technology is just one dimension and ChatGPT and uh, um, we can also talk about planet and, and the stress we have with that and, and uh, societies and the loneliness we just mentioned, what, what is all that about? Mm. Um, it's, um, it gives us an opportunity to be humble, like Tony said, and and if we let this humility sink in for a moment, it creates magic for so many new things. Um, magic to learn more as individuals, but also as systems. An organization can also learn, and a team can learn, an individual can learn, even a society can learn. And, um, and I think deep down, the major opportunity we're having is to get better at self-awareness self-awareness beyond my narratives beyond my biases beyond the, the 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 stories that i tell myself the stories that we tell ourselves of what good looks like or what what success is all about and um, just to become aware of where where are we in the process uh, if i'm driving around with a fancy car does it does that constitute success yes or no um if if i'm learning something new and if i put myself in a in a vulnerable position because i don't know otherwise i shouldn't have to learn about this am i celebrated of being a novice or am i am i supposed to be these experts all the time uh, knowing that experts after a while stop being curious mm. because they th they think they know um, and they stop exploring. So I think humility is an important one and, and learning is clearly an important one and, and self-awareness self that drives it all. Mm. Thank you, Stefan. Mm. Want to add something, Lisa? Um, what I'm thinking of when, when listening to both of you is also that we need today we need leaders that is 
capable of being um, vulnerable, as you mm. mentioned, uh, Stefan. I mean, we've lived thousands of years in, in a society where the leader is the most um, hi- hierarchical. That's a really hard <laughs> word to say in English, actually. I uh, hope you understand me, Stefan. Mm. Uh, um, we do. The position and uh, hierarchical position where the one who knows the most is... Uh, probably the leader, the one with the most experience is probably the leader. And uh, what what tomorrow requires is leadership that um, requires something totally else from from the leader, uh, something from the leader to say that I don't really know th- about this. I am not the, the expert in this area, um, and that's something that I think is um, is important to to take in consideration that mm-hmm. we've had a, another type of leadership another type of view of the leadership uh, throughout hundreds and thousands of years and now suddenly the leader should be someone who can admit that they don't know the leader mm-hmm. should be someone who who uh, can admit to be to be weak what does that mean for us in the nordics you have a beautiful advantage i think um, in the Nordic, if you're looking at cross-cultural management, the Nordics are quote-unquote feminine cultures. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they they they're str- they're less about ego. They're less mm. about indeed. They're more about vulnerability mm. and allowing some of those new traits to come. So I think you really have a a gold mine to to drive things forward. I don't know how you're going to exploit it. Um, I guess mm. exploiting is also a masculine trait. Um, but um, I think you're onto something there. Um, we indeed are coming from a more military type of mm. management, mm. top down and obedience and loyalties expected down in the ranks, but not the other way around. And we're moving now, as you said, towards a different model, um, mm. which I think you're very, very, very well placed in the Nordics. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Stefan. And we are in a time where we need to act quite quickly. So much happens uh, now in the society and with the technology. Uh, I think we have an excellent uh, opportunity to um, use curiosity. But how can we equip ourselves to act and adapt faster? Tony is quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Living the change. Yes, living Um, the change. Tony, uh, good. Well, I I think two perspectives which are probably contradictive, but uh, life is full of paradoxes. Uh, One of them is the time for waiting is not now. But the other one is... uh, You, it's important that we have focus on on quality in the changes we do. Mm. Uh, that are, are, as as you know the the <laughs> the minister for digitalization in Taiwan who who, who wrote just a few weeks ago that uh, today all the world's citizens need to have uh, the glasses of a reporter. Uh, so. It's changing times. There's different qualities that are important today. Uh, so we have to move fast, but we have to move slow at the same time. And we can mm. do it. Mm. And we have to be uh, very particular uh, in choosing which ones we can go quickly with and which ones we really have to think about together. Uh, so that's that's my paradox answer. Thank you, Stefan. If you continue, well, I suggest we we look at the opposite of curiosity for a second, and we can understand maybe better what I'm trying to say. The opposite of curiosity for me is conformity, and conformity is our way of conforming to environments, to rules, to groups, and to fit in, because we all have these basic needs to be loved and to be seen as a loyal team member. And also we have this this conformity to, to our own beliefs. That's why we often take the same way to our office every day. That's why we go to the same restaurant and often eat the same dish in that restaurant, because just it feels good and it's just too cognitively tiresome to go and find out new things every time. So that's the opposite of curiosity. And we're often drawn towards this. 
And then curiosity, curiosity is the other side. Now, I'm not only focusing on intellectual curiosity, I guess that's, that's, uh, that's an important one, but also I think really important is self-reflective curiosity. Who am I deep down uh, when I'm seeing myself beyond all the filters and all these stories about what I tell myself? And also empathic curiosity. How curious am I about the other person, this perfect stranger, but also the people that I work and live with? Because often we take people for granted. Mm. Um, when we meet somebody in the beginning, we're all we we're all over the, the other person, and 20 years later, we um, often we don't like each other as much, or um, we're just falling into this conformist environment. So. I um, I think it's an important distinction to have when when looking at the discussion about curiosity. And Lisa, are you ready to add something to um, the discussion? No, I think it's it's most of it's 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 very much said. I think it's really interesting what you're saying, Stefan, that there is different types of of curiosity, of course, and uh, that creates a lot of lot of questions in my head, of course, by thinking about the. Um, the word and the meaning of of curiosity and how can we um, how can we create it uh, around us? Mm. What, what can we do? How can we um, how, how can we use it? But also how can we encourage others to uh, to think about it? Um, that's what comes into my mind. Mm. Stefan, uh, one uh, quote uh, that you usually use uh, is uh, curious people need curious organizations to thrive. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, can you explain that for the audience today and uh, for the guests in the studio? Well, I, I think there's a number of dimensions, but the most important one is that often is curiosity is linked to the individual. As if you are curious and the environment has nothing to do with this. This is just part of the situation. The, 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 the reality is we're hugely influenced by our environment, by the managers we're working with, by, by the, the culture that we're part of, by our families and what language our family is using on a day-to-day -day basis on how, how well we're accepting new stuff or how much are we more conformist or, uh, or, or curious. So what i'm trying to say with this quote curious people need curious organizations to thrive mm. is that there's a role both on the individual to show up curiously and uh, curiosity is like a muscle something that we can get better at or worse at but also organizations in the term in terms of how leaders behave are in terms of how organizations are set up and what cultures we're we're, we're, we're part of um and how they they're created um, that also has a huge influence on how people show up curiously. I'm curious to 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 hear what you say about. Uh, I, I can't count how how many times I have read or heard that Sweden is a leader in digitalization and innovation, yes. but I think the opposite. We are not there. We are not a leader. If we uh, look further, what blind spots do we have? I think we have so many. <laughs> I can go back, <laughs> 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 I right. go back to myself. I go back to myself. I understand. I have right. a lot of blind spots. Uh, yeah, well, Tony, you are. <laughs> uh, well, the difficult thing about blind spots is you can't see them. <laughs> and, and, True. Uh, <laughs> and that's why it's important that you... Uh, hang around with people who help you see your blind spots because uh, and, and that also I think for organizations and to be able to do that you have to be humble because if you know everything <laughs> then you don't have any blind spots and that then you're in serious trouble um, if we take the uh, Swedish perspective uh, but I think which is quite similar I think to the European perspective I think we have a tendency in Sweden and in Europe is different, of course, between different countries, to look backwards instead of forwards. That were, you know, when we were so great in the 50s and this, that and the other. Uh, if we were, uh, I don't know. Uh, but um, you can't rely on old merits. That doesn't really work. Uh, and I think we <coughs> have a challenge in Euro Europe that we 
maybe don't really realize that a lot of the innovation that's happening in the world, yes, some of it is happening in Europe, definitely. Some of it happening in the USA. But a lot of it is happening somewhere else in the world. And we really have to to take the opportunity to learn from others. Uh, and sometimes it's from Rwanda, and sometimes it's from South Korea, and sometimes it's from wherever. Uh, and uh, because uh, a lot of the structures today are global structures, uh, and uh, if we're going to make our dreams come true uh, for our society and address important questions like uh, like loneliness why don't we address that question more uh, and, uh, and japan they they in the in their japan society 5.0 they 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 lift uh, on the agenda happiness so I think that's what we should do in Sweden too. What may, not that I know the answer, but what makes somebody happy? Or is it a, a new car uh, or, or is it something else that makes the difference? Um, yeah. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Gleason? Well, blind spots. <coughs> blind spots in Sweden. When, just as Tony mentioned, um, we probably don't know the, the blind spots, but um, one thing that we that's probably making ourselves um, not that innovate as we may think we are is the ability to collaborate, mm. to collaborate in between the public and the private sector, um, to um, gain knowledge from each other, to, uh, um, I mean, looking at, for example, I mean, Hels Helsingborg, which is, I think, seen as one of the most innovative cities in, in Europe, something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, they are really good in collaboration between all the, the different parts in the labor market and they are also good in, in something that I really um, put into my mind when I when I read about it. They're really good in, in uh, trust-based leadership. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and, and that was something that I brought with me and I think about that. I don't know, I cannot say how the municipalities and, and regions in Sweden are good or bad at, but uh, I think that it's two two things that would make us uh, moving forward in um, digitalization and innovation in the future. Mm -hmm. Taking an, uh, an outsider's uh, perspective, of course I know nothing about Sweden, but when you're looking at, at Europe, let's say, and also the entire Western world, I think we're mis missing a bit, little bit of stress. A little um, there's no burning platform to change. It's also comfortable. For, we didn't have a war for such a long time. We, um, mm. Everything we, we want, we go to the supermarket, we have it. There is no demand. And actually, curiosity needs a stable environment, yes, but also curiosity needs some stress in order to go up and do something about it because you want to change the world. If you're looking at North America, more than 50% of all startups are founded by immigrants um, mm. because these people are coming with a specific type of stress. And when you're looking at blind spots, I think I found three really good strategies to deal with blind spots. First of all is check your assumptions. And you can do it as an individual, you can also do it as a society. What are the assumptions that we're all having as a community of what good looks like and what is just or what is not just? But also, the other strategy is to keep on learning. The more you learn and the more you, 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 you build your database, the, more, the less blind spots will you have. And the last one, I think something that Tony really important, mentioned is really important, is just Get feedback. Ask others what your fee, uh, mm. your blind spots are, and you can also do that as a society. But you can also do that as an individual. Uh, so maybe that helps for every single Swedish person to uh, to check those dimensions. Am I stressed, and mm. what strategies do I have to deal with my blind spots? Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Um, are we asking the right questions? Probably not. Mm. Tony? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. And <laughs> Stefan? <laughs> I don't know whether you're asking the right questions, but are we, uh, are we asking deeper questions? 
is, is mm. often a question I'm asking. Mm. Um, mm. Are we asking questions to prove what we know already? Or are we mm. asking questions that could really rock our world because we're not really sure we want to know the answer? Mm. And um, is it possible curiosity can help us ask better asking better questions? I I would suggest that definitely if 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 we are better at looking what other parts of the world address society and their dreams of a new society, that can help us think again and think uh, think in different uh, patterns uh, and challenge us. And uh, I think we live in an era that we we must we have to be brave enough to be challenged we have to that's i think that's uh, it's a, it's a big uh, big question i think maybe one option could be to include curiosity or exploration is as a as a as a course in school mm. to mm. have the next generation Wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah just wild exploration um, mm. where mm. where people are judged and on how curious they are in again at the world others in self um, mm. how much how many schools or how many parents are teaching their kids to be self-aware mm. you know mm. Mm, that's super interesting something that comes into my mind if I if I ah. can go on is that I mean children's children never have any problems being curious I mean, children are the most, kids are the most curious people probably on earth because they are, uh, they're not afraid of being judged. And then something happens. I don't really, I don't remember what age it is, but let's say it's six or eight or whatever. Uh, when you stop being that curious, when you instead start to care about what other people think, what other people think about you and um, that is something that we really can learn from um, and being uh, in in being together with um, with kids will probably also, of course, help us to to think broader. But something that we can learn from is that what happens what happens with our curiosity when we're not afraid of being judged. Mm. What happens with mm. uh, the questions that we ask when we're not afraid of being judged? Mm. Um, and for me, this is all about psychological safety. How to how can we create uh, a safe safeness and, and the psychological safety to be uh, able to ask these questions mm. uh, because being um, I, I read some somewhere yesterday that uh, being uh, it was um, uh, now I totally lost it of course um, being Bray requires uh, being safe mm -hmm. yeah so I mean how can we how can we um, start to think about what kind of environment do we need to be safe enough to, to ask the right questions or to dig into these fields that we may not be measured on or may not mm. uh, be talking about in, in the organizations or, you know. Um, so that's something that comes into my mind. Hmm. Mm. Thank you, Lisa. And when you say be safe and be brave, when... We need to change something. This this is part of that. Mm. Uh, um, so I know you have made a fantastic work, uh, Lisa, with um, uh, create like a simple language when 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 we change uh, and like implement new technologies and do digital transformation if everybody can speak to s and understand the same language mm. uh, it's much much easier to to implement this can you tell a little about that um yeah uh, of course well uh from my point of view, we we uh, uh, we've been working a lot of this when we've done programming uh, courses and and AI courses for uh, a lot of a lot of people. But what it's all about is that, as I see it, I mean, digital transformation requires people to change. We know that. We also know that digital transformation is is hard to succeed with. So. Um, Change is hard. Change is a risk. Change is uncertainty for for me. How can we, 
how can we create uh, a bigger commitment from from people to uh, being able to change, to being able to commit to this digital transformation that we want to succeed with. And and one thing that I think that we that a lot of organizations and unfortunately do today is that we start to implement a lot of things and we do that with like a new type of, of language. We, we speak with new type of buzzwords. We speak with about uh, technologi- technologists and and other uh, process and way of working with, with new kind of words which make people not feel that they belong. Mm. It make people feel that this is something that I don't know about, and when I feel that I'm not, I don't know anything about it, or I don't feel that I belong, then I become fa- um, afraid. Mm. And um, I mean, fear is is one of the biggest obstacles for for um, succeeding with with change and mm. and with transformation. So, what what that is about is to. Uh, um, start to do things easier, start to talk about things in an easier manner, trying to find a language where everyone feels that I belong here. I understand what this is about. Um, I want to, as, as a human being, I want to feel included. Uh, and uh, that's what it's it's all about, creating a language where everyone is included and feel that they... Hmm. Tony, Tony, you work a lot with uh, (laughs) digital transformation, uh, both in municipals in Sweden Mm. and organizations. Uh, Can you add something? I really agree. In uh, we have to address fear. We have to take it seriously because when people are afraid, it's the same. When I'm afraid, you know, I make bad decisions. It's it's the long and the short of it. And fear often is based on. You don't have the information. And that means, as Lisa said, as I understand, she says that we have to deliver that information so that the person on the other side understands it in their context. And maybe it's a person working at the preschool or at the school or the economy director or the politician, whatever. So I think the language uh, and the way you, you, you put that is so, so important. And I, I met a, a Canadian um, uh, woman called Alison Cohen on, on Monday, and, mm. and she talked about that we we have to go from uh, fear to trust, and which is the same thing really as as you saying, Lizzie. And I really believe. For a few years ago, I would have said, "No, that's not a problem," mm. but I was completely wrong. I can tell you. <laughs> A blind spot. <laughs> yeah, one of my many. But uh, uh, we need to take uh, fear seriously because yeah. I think we make uh, make decisions when we're afraid, which which aren't maybe the best. So that's important. Uh, and then how you do it—that's a mm. different question. Absolutely, a new podcast on that. I started to work with a number of companies who are changing their word of change into mm. curiosity because mm. change mm. change is always something that management has done so it is always something external or they've decided while curiosity is almost an open invitation we're still talking about the same reality it's just changing the language mm. to continue what and then changing the words but it's it's inviting people to go halfway in being curious about this change and mm. learning and um, and these companies have uh, have good results actually by by just changing the paradigm around what do we mean by change, what do we mean by transformation? Is it only something that management is mm-hmm. interested in about, mm-hmm. or is this also something that you as an as an as an individual at all levels can uh, mm-hmm. can contribute to, can be learning about, and um, it's uh, an interesting dynamic, I think. Yeah, it is very interesting what we can do. How we change the words we mm. use, uh, it can be very impactful. Mm. Uh, it is a lot of anchors in words. Uh, and we n- we need to understand the definitions, mm. but it's also important to set and use the right mm. words. C- can I just give a reflection? Absolutely. I must say I love that, Stefan. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way of saying it is, uh, how do we tell the story uh, mm. and what story we tell and whose story are we telling mm. I think th- it's those they're, they're really really important and I think those organizations in those countries who can 
package a story that has that that people understand and they can see the hope they can see the positive of it and that we're doing it together and that people can contribute and make it better because then we will utilize the the, the power and, and the 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 ability that we have in our society that I, I think we could be better at it. So, yes. Thanks, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how can we be more curious? Uh, Lisa said uh, kids, uh, children, they are very curious. Uh, and uh, But how can we adults uh, in our daily work be more curious? Uh, Any ideas from Tony or Lisa? We have an expert in yeah. curiosity here, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> no, but I think I think much of what, what Stefan said before, we need to um, stay around in, in curious environments and with other other people mm. that makes us, us curious. And I really like your quote there, Stefan, that curious people needs curious organizations to thrive. So mm. the question is maybe how can we how can we build these these curious organizations? What is needed to Um, to make people thrive at, mm. at work. Mm. Yeah, and and uh, I read uh, when I knew I was going to do do this thing with, with Stefan. I, I read his book, which I, I really loved. And and one of the things he says in the book, if I remember properly, was about asking questions. Like, and uh, and one of them, or maybe it was on a pod I heard, but it was when you said like. How can I be a better when you when you talk to somebody? And uh, you know, me and Lisa, we do this thinking partners thing. So <laughs> when I met Wonderful. Lisa three weeks ago, I, I said, "Lisa, how can I be a better thinking partner?" And Stefan, I love that question. Scary as hell, I must say. <laughs> I don't really know if I want the answer. <laughs> But no, seriously. <laughs> The simplicity and the power in that question, because it's all about vulnerability, about putting yourself out there and saying to Lisa, you know, I know I'm not perfect, <laughs> but how, how can I be a bit better? Uh, so, oh, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, Lisa, you 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 have a quote. You quite often say shit happens, and that is also sort of curiosity. You try things, uh, shit happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of it's kind of a mindset that that I have, and actually that I've I've got from from the workplace where I I work in at Knox Consulting, where we where we have this saying that it's it's growing great and. In uh, in shit, it's going great in, in poo because when when we make mistakes, when we do something wrong, or when things doesn't turn out in the way we we wanted it to, then uh, we can of course choose to um, judge ourselves or judge other people. Uh, mm. But um, we can also choose not to do, and and that's kind mm. of um, the way that that curiosity can can really be be a thing in a culture that okay so what what would what could we learn from this um and we've chosen actually at Knox to both have that kind of culture and that kind of mindset but we also have it in a structured way so mm. every week we talk about what did we learn from last week what what went mm. wrong also what went good but mm. uh, we know that we we learn more things from what's what's going bad so uh, whenever shit happens there is always opportunity to learn Fantastic. Uh, and Stefan, what do you say? How can we be more curious or you be more curious? Uh? There's so many things that are going through my head, but maybe the first one is to the, the question that Tony was asking, how can I be a better better think, thinking, thinking partner? partner. Think, but you think. can also say, how can I be a better friend or how can I be a better son mm. or how can mm. I be a better daughter? Mm. But in the workplace, How can I be a better colleague or how can I be a better subordinate or a customer, you know? Um, and Love often that. we're afraid of the answer to that question because we, <laughs> because we're... Look fear in the eye. Um, but but I, I, I guarantee you, if you, try, if you try this, your relationship will become better and also you'll learn something really fundamental. If you just allow yourself these couple of seconds of vulnerability... Another dimension is probably awareness. How aware ev- am I of my of of the stories I tell myself? Whether I can or cannot do something, or I should or should not do something, or whether I like a person, yes or no, or 
whether I'm more conformist at home and maybe more curious in in the office or maybe like mm-hmm. Lisa you mentioned I'm, I'm I think you're working for a startup or a startup like organization where where shit is okay to happen what I've um, what I've seen is uh, startups are about four times more ready to learn from mistakes when mm-hmm. I compare them to grown-up organizations um, mm-hmm. And um, so becoming aware and what is my role model network looks like? Do, do they uplift me or do they, are they more of a bunch of conformists altogether? Uh, becoming aware of, um, of yourself and your stress drivers and, 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 and all these things. And then a really important thing is intentionality. If you're not careful, curiosity is something like a New Year's resolution something that's, sec- that's sexy for two weeks and then the world takes over again, you know? And uh, um, um, while intentionality means to keep, um. to keep working at it. Have this sticker on your mirror saying, let's be curious today about the world, others and self and mm-hmm. give yourself kind of these mini tasks and mini activities to do. Um, and keep, keep yourself honest and ask other people like, for instance, my 16-year-old daughter, I don't have a 16-year-old daughter, but my 22-year-old daughter, <laughs> was I curious this week or was I more judgmental when we were talking to each other? And you mm-hmm. can do, use the same question with anybody around me. So becoming, and then that guides you to become more intentional. I want to do mm-hmm. something about it. So, um, and then I think coming back to what we said earlier, it's all about humility and self-awareness. Um, do I want to go there? Do I want to learn? Do I want to explore? Um, or am I happy with my status quo? The times runs uh, quick. Uh, the time flies. Um, when you're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we have 10 minutes left. Uh, if you choose one thing, how do you want to contribute to change the society or the world to a better place? Wow, what a question, Eva. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we are a group with people that love large and difficult questions. And now I challenge you, we are not afraid of change. Mm. Mm. Um, well, I can, I can start and um, I want to continue on this thread about psychological safety. And um, when I think about what I can contribute with, then it's making other people feel safe. Uh, create a safe environment for others and um, well that's not something that I can do is to uh, show as as Stefan talks about as well um, humanity and being vulnerable and um, being a person who's not judging Um, because if if we create a better better safety for people around us, uh, friends, family, colleagues, um, partners, and and so on, that I'm sure that uh, that will strengthen them and that will Mm -hmm. make it possible for them to to be more curious, be Mm -hmm. more open as well. Tony? If I could just add, I think uh, just... uh, being judgmental is a killer. It's a killer for all conversations. Mm. It kills curiosity or kills, uh, it's horrific, scary. So I think that's definitely uh, an important question. It's, uh, it can open the doors. <coughs> for my part, uh, you know, the question is how, how can I do something for society? I think for, for me, I think it's important that uh, when somebody asks a question, you know, even like we're having a pod now or um, I do a talk, that that I say what I think. Mm -hmm. And then if people agree with me or not, I don't really mind. And if I find out I was wrong, I'm even happier. But I think it's important that people say what they think and they say what's important and try to be authentic in it and try not to be judgmental, which is so important, and try and open the floor for discussions and and, uh, and not go in with uh, I have the answers which I don't have uh, so that's that's uh, that's my take uh, on the whole thing mm. 
Thank you, Tony. Stefan, uh, what uh, will you add here? Uh, how would you like to contribute to a better world? If you want to change the world, starts with yourself. <laughs> and that's the, the most secure place to start, I think. And, and ask, am I, fear, am I fearless enough <laughs> to, to welcome the new world? Um, I know that I still have a long way to go. Um, but I'm trying to tell myself every day to be this little bit more curious about the world, about others and about myself. And that's my, my, my little action or my little habit that I'm trying to tell myself. Um, I still have a long way to go, but it's helping me one step at a time to get, the, to get better. And, and it's also giving me superpowers. Because mm. I'm mm. giving myself permission to do these things, to be curious. Mm. Um, and suddenly the world is becoming a little bit an, an easier place for me that way. Mm. Beautiful, Stefan. Mm. Amen to that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Love we love it. What is the one takeaway from the podcast conversation today to the audience? Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, I think the biggest takeaway, which has many different uh, parts to it, is is the humility thing. I think that's that that's the central way forward. It's a it's a it's a it's a mindset. Um, and, and how to reach me? Uh, you know, I I use uh, LinkedIn quite a lot. So just uh, and there's not many mechanics in Sweden. So <laughs> uh, see you there, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you, Tony. And Stefan? Many things. It was a lovely discussion. I think what my takeaway is that this is uh, this the group deserves a group hug. I the only thing <laughs> I, can, I I can't be there. <laughs> no, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> uh, uh, wonderfully said, uh, Stefan. And I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're also quite active on LinkedIn. Uh, and it's possible to reach you on LinkedIn, Stefan. Fan Hoidank. Yes. Uh, and Lisa? Um, I think I bring the different kind of dimensions about uh, curiosity that we spoke about. And that's something that I will be thinking more about. That how, um, how can I explore my curiosity in different types of ways? That's super interesting. And yeah, I'm also using LinkedIn, so it's um, it, it's all well to contact me there. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful discussion with mm. the three so interesting people. We have Stefan van Hoydanke from the Global Curiosity Institute in Belgium. Lisa Haritikainen, uh, Head of Marketing from Knox uh, Consulting. And uh, Tony McCarrick, uh, strategic advisor in AI, IoT and yeah, technologies uh, from Atea. I'm so grateful to have this uh, guest uh, here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Eva. you, Eva. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy that you brought us together. Du har lyssnat på EdTech Tuesdays, en intervjupodd producerad av Snabbfoting. Vi är ledare inom kontinuerligt lärande och digitala plattformar. Besök oss på snabbfoting.se för att läsa mer om framtidens lärande.